Hallelujah. He is risen. Amen. And Apostle here, just for a few moments, he conjectures because there are a few people, even in his era. Uh, I had a sneeze coming, but it disappeared. Praise God. <laughs> that for a few moments he conjectures. Some of, you know, few that are always there sometimes. He said, well, maybe Christ was, but I don't believe in the resurrection for everybody or something. And it, he says, that's all useless. If he's not risen, we are of all people yep. most miserable. Yep. If there's no resurrection, there's no reason to note the birth of Christ. There's no reason to celebrate Christmas. And no need to celebrate Easter. But, he says, of course, Christ was crucified and he rose. And then he, they all had heard, you know, that the ladies went to the tomb and the angel had rolled away the stone. That's one of the most inspiring for me. It's, there is no... It's a big, strong angel who rolls that stone away. And, uh, and many of those people, the, many who witnessed the resurrected Christ, the people who went to the tomb, and the, a couple of the ladies even saw Jesus, where they worshipped him, but he says, don't touch me right now, because I've not ascended and presented the blood at the throne. Uh, and it's all so human yeah. and That's the way the various different stories and impressions this part of the story impresses this person with this part and the apostle said and he appeared to 500 right. disciples also and so it's it's amazing and as uh, I found the parallel where Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the parallel descriptions, but some emphasize this, where another one emphasizes another aspect. So they're all combined together, just powerful story. Amen. I, when I was thinking about uh, one of the things about the, the resurrection, one of the first things that came to me is, and I wrote it this way, is post-mortem appearances. <laughs> but I started thinking about the different persons and in a way how they could represent um, where we may be in certain aspects of our journey in life or you know, where loved ones you're praying for or um, are responsible for or friends may be. And the first one was family members. And of course, you, you know because James, Jesus' brother, was not a believer during Jesus' ministry. But he became the bishop, if you will, of the church in Jerusalem and was ultimately martyred. But it was because Jesus visited, went and saw him, and they talked and probably ate together in his home, probably Mary, and so his family members actually saw him 
after he was resurrected in a body of flesh and bone. And he was no longer their natural family member in that way, the son of Mary in the way that she had seen him before. Now when she sees him, he's fully the king of glory there, having overcome death. Um, and likewise with James, James believes, so for family members, his resurrection matters. For the worshipers, the affectionate worshipers, I think of Mary Magdalene and, and the Mary who poured the oil, on the perfume on Jesus' feet. Mary that was, Mary Magdalene that was there at the tomb. And, you know, that remark of he said, don't cling to me, you know, right now. I've got to ascend to the Father. There are, there are a couple of things, and there, there, it gives us an option. It, it could be two things happening simultaneously or where the eyewitnesses may have left out a little gap of the detail because everyone in that era knew and had seen and were familiar with the events that had taken place. And certainly, if you've got more than 500 people that have all had these meetings with him and have talked with him, eaten with him, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, Paul and Timothy mentioned in Thessalonians, I think it is, said that some of those folks are still with us. So in the same way that Lazarus was raised from the dead then, but of course then he went to sleep again in, the mortal, in his mortal body. Ultimately, he, he would have passed away again. But those um, ones that came out of the grave, Mark says that the, the, when he died, there was that great earthquake and the tombs were opened. And then sort of in the next sentence, it talks about people coming up out of the grave. Well, they didn't come up out of the grave until three days later when Jesus came up. And those many who were in graves there in the Kidron Valley and around Jerusalem came out of their graves and went and visited with people. I mean... That would be freaky a little bit. And not as ghosts, but, you know, with, with a body. It's absolutely um, incredible. Didn't you die yeah. on the... <laughs> yeah, I'm resurrected, though. So the, the worshipers, um, the, when she you know, saw the gardener and, and um, he talked to her. And then there's the deniers, you know, the ones who have faith and then, for whatever, end up denying and going back on their faith. Peter, who denied him those three times. And in the resurrection, Jesus makes a point. It says the first one that he spoke to wasn't John, the beloved, the one that was, you know, supposedly always had the inside, inside track. But it was to Peter, this one that, you know, strong and prophetic and maybe impetuous to some degree. And out of the fear of man, when they were there, you know, at the campfire, at, when the high priest had taken Jesus to try him, and the little servant girl said, hey, I, you're, you're with him, right? And he, no, no, blankety blank, no. Um, so for the denier, the resurrection means restoration for the denier. Jesus said to him three times, and that, I mean, that's profound. Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. And he, in that, he got his fresh commissioning, his renewal. The doubter, Thomas, was like, nope. If I don't see it, I won't believe it, kind of a thing. So the resurrection means something for all those who doubt that the Lord will come through like he came through the wall, will come through the wall of the heart and the mind and make himself real for the doubter. 
because of the power of his resurrection. And I thought about the seekers, the two guys who are on the road to Emmaus. And they obviously had lots of Bible knowledge, you know, and all that, that kind of stuff. But it was when he sat down with them and they were fellowshipping around the table and around the word of God, then suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. So the resurrection means something for all those who seek him. It's it was one of the things that I want to notice about that, you know, all, all of this is the supernatural grace and the supernatural uh, power of God that lets them see until yeah. that time, until God opened their eyes, they were just not, didn't know. Well, in, and typically in all of those events, I went back and, and looked at them, and typically there were a couple of things that happened. And one was when he spoke, suddenly his personality was there. And he broke bread. And when he ate with them, suddenly they, you know, the, they, the recognition of who he was as person to them became real. And I think that there are still aspects about that. Jesus said, you know, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They won't follow a stranger's voice. Um, so anyway, and then the last one I thought of was for the sinner because it's never too late. The resurrection means that the people who come at the end of the day get the same wages, the same reward. Uh, the thief on the cross we talked about it a little bit Friday, how one of, the, one of those guys was overwhelmed with the torment and, and, you know, suffering that he was undergoing at that minute. And the other guy was undergoing the same kind of personal bodily uh, trauma at that moment. And yet in that moment, the thing that, that he saw was the door to salvation was hanging there beside him. And, and he said, Lord, remember me. And Jesus said, today. Say today. 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 So this is the day, this day we're celebrating is the day that changed history and, and means a difference for everything. And there was another thing that I, I came across and was meditating on this year that I hadn't ever seen like this before. And uh, I'm... I'm probably not going to break it down really well, but some of the imagery was really amazing that in Leviticus 23, the wave offering that they come and offer is, happens like three days after Passover. And you remember how Jesus used the analogy of a grain of wheat that falls into the ground and dies and then brings up a mighty harvest? Well, this was a period of time of one of the harvests. And so immediately following Passover, one of the things that you would, the Jews would do, they couldn't eat of that harvest until they brought a grain offering immediately three days, <laughs> resurrection day in the new covenant, three days, they would bring this grain offering to the temple. And it's amazing when I looked at it, the description of what they bring um, Listen to this, because you absolutely hear Isaiah 53 in the description of the wave offering that, uh, that was elevated, the, the grain offering that was, that was lifted up. In Isaiah 53, it says, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. 
And in Leviticus 23, it instructed uh, the Jews. And, and what I would like to say, the reason for the law being laid down was to demonstrate in advance the moral universe, that there is a legal cosmic reality to God having created his world and in that man's relationship with him. And what was broken in Adam could not be restored in the shadow of the law because it was still dealing with mortal blood, the blood that had received sin, received the curse. And so it was prophesying in advance of what would happen when the Lamb of God came and did the actual work with his own sinless blood and then was raised in a new body as the first fruits, as that initial grain offering, wave offering. So it says, you are to bring the first fruits... And Christ is called our first fruits, right? In the resurrection. Bring the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He is both the first fruits and the high priest. Yeah. Lift up that sheaf. And this is speaking specifically of him coming out of the grave. Lift up that sheaf before the presence of the Lord. For acceptance to reconcile us to God. For acceptance for you. So you see Jesus lifted up on the cross. You see that that work has reconciled us to God. And he says on the, the morning of the Sabbath. This is three days after the Passover. The priest is to elevate it. Lift it up. Um, and perform a sacrifice on the day of your elevating the sheaf. All of this language is pointing forward through the cross and into the resurrection. And every time it was done in the temple, they were prophesying in advance of what would be finished cosmically for the entire world when Christ became the corn of wheat that falls into the ground and dies and then is resurrected and brings forth a great harvest. He says, you are to perform a sacrifice on the day of your elevating the sheaf, a sheep wholly sound in its first year as an offering up to the Lord. And its grain gift, two-tenths of beaten flour, which correlates with him being bruised, punished, whipped, and it says, mix it with oil. Jesus, the scripture says that when he offered himself in that state as fine flour, if you will, ground, um, it says that he offered himself up by the spirit. So they're offering this beaten flour mixed with oil, and it's a picture of Jesus on the cross. So all through the Old Testament, we find over and over certain emblems, and they all indicate the coming of the Messiah, the, the hurt, the pain, the whipping, all of that that the Messiah takes. And then on the third day, he's resurrected. And as he says, th this year, it, it just impacted me a lot that the Lord himself at a certain time, it's Jesus himself, not someone else, but he says, cries out, it is finished. Yeah. At a certain time before that, he says, my Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? Because he became totally sin for us. But know that you know that you know this Easter Sunday that each, for each of us, your sins are 
forgiven. It's done. Because, because not because I feel something happened or I feel clean or something that may be nice, but the truth of the word is Jesus said it is finished. The work that it needs to be done for our salvation, for our freedom, for our really washing away in the blood all our sins and shadows that number one, your sins are forgiven and you have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Uh, and Romans 8.1 says for us, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Say no condemnation. No condemnation. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, no condemnation. Because we are often, some are hit by this kind of weird fear or anxiety that they suddenly start doubting and says, maybe I need to do more. I need to do more. And we start relying on works rather than the work of Jesus himself. And so, number one, your sins are forgiven. And attached to that, that's really just so beautiful for me, is that your life, through the blood of Jesus and through the sacrifice, this, in this season of Passover, your life has purpose. Say, my life has purpose. So anytime that the devil tries to torment us uh, with anxiety, fear, and especially during this months of COVID, a lot of people have been forced to live in isolation. And even touching has been weird. We're nervous about, we used to hug people and shake hands and all of that, and it's, the, this thing, which is really very devilishly clever yep. to separate us. Yeah. And part of the strength that Jesus imparted in the body was forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Because yeah. he knows that there is strength as we come together, as we worship, as we are a unit, the body of Christ. And this disease tried to separate us. And I'm so glad that in America and other nations too, I'm sure, but Americans will not tolerate being isolated all their lives. No way. And thank God that the Lord has taken care of this. So my sins are forgiven. Say, my sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. That is a definite on Easter Sunday you are a new creation. And that God had something on his mind where he saved yeah. you, he gave you purpose. So each of you do not get allowed the enemy at this season in the separation or whatever of fear, touching all of that, that God has a purpose for your life. I'm not aimless that it's, he has determined that I count and I have purpose. I noticed 
about nine things specifically that are personal, that are dynamic benefits of the resurrection that we have received. First of all, accepted by God, obviously forgiven and reconciled. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So number one, I'm accepted by God. And the second one, or in my list, it turned out to be the last one, is we've been commissioned with this message. Go into all the world, preach good news, make disciples of all nations. So there are two. Um, a and third one. One thing I want to say is that that's a corporate call. So your strength may be to yeah, do the sound. Yeah. Your strength may be I'm going to do registration. Or but all of this comes together to make us a body that's functioning and that's sending people or practically helping sponsor people or strengthening communities. But each of us has a purpose. Yeah, that's, that's the body of Christ. That's what it's all about, where the gifts come together to make a whole body. And it says in Ephesians, and also I think in, what is it, Colossians, where it's talking about that coming together until we grow up into a perfect so man. So some may be, see, they think they're useless because some they're may get preaching. older. Or they're, or they're not, not yeah, yeah. yeah. And I would, yeah. as you read the lives of, for example, Billy Graham, from what I understand, that there were two elderly ladies who were <laughs> major intercessors for Dr. Graham. As he began, there were the covering. And in the same way, this uh, revival in the Scottish, the Hebrides revival, was two grandmas who were the great intercessors and this great invasion of the reality and the revival of God came to the Hebrides. Mm -hmm. But it was so supernatural, and it was because of prayer. So never we, sometimes, culturally, we have inherited, we have to do this or this, but uh, prayer, we don't know. Prayer is one of the foundational things that we can do for each other or for certain people who have had a calling for here or there, or there may be music, they've been called to music, they've been called to preaching, they've been called to do the money work or register or count the money, whatever. It is important to realize that you have a purpose. Amen. I have all the power I need to live the Christian life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, old things have passed away. Behold, say behold. Behold. All things all. have become new. That death and sin are ultimately conquered and vanquished. Revelation 1, 18, Jesus said, I am the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of death and Hades. And then in Romans 5, it says, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin and spread to all men because all men sinned, 
as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life. So death and sin are ultimately conquered. We have our personal resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15, everything that you've been reading. I love Eugene Peterson's um, the poetic sort of, you know, taking that language. And he uses the greatest stuff. He, he talks about Christ walking all over sin and death. And he talks about how in the, the, the first Adam and the last Adam, there is this, you know, great symmetry where God brings everything into glory and, and into harmony. Um, I will receive a new body just like his. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, again, it is sown a natural body. And this is where the, the first eyewitnesses saw so this event. You get a new body. So, like some people have difficulty gaining weight, you know, and all that. Is that going to be taken care of? I, I certainly would hope so. I would, I would imagine well, so. Would but I'll tell you this. Comfort a lot of people. I know, but whether it is or not, you certainly won't be hindered by not having a spelt body. I think you would still be able to, you know, move from star to star in an instant and go through walls and, you know, do whatever. That's very comforting. Good. Be comforted. don't have to have There will be swell. no, ain't no change. Going to hold that body down. <laughs> My own resurrection. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits. And again, it's going back to that offering. That offering ends with offer it by fire and pour it out on the altar with wine. And every single element of that act of offering, the grain offering, was a testimony to Friday, the crucifixion, and to Sunday, the resurrection. It's powerful. Another one is the resumption of relationships. Of everyone, of all our loved ones and friends and anyone that's gone on to be with the Lord that has died, we'll get to resume those relationships. Praise the Lord. Um, it says, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we will always be with the Lord. So comfort one another with these words, which is also this day we celebrate is the reason that we experience and deal with human grief and death in a different way than those who have not been born again, who have not entered the reality of the eternal kingdom of God and the resurrected Christ. Of course, we mentioned the commission to tell others in Mark 16 and the other gospels. I love this one. And this one for me is a big one in these recent years and days because frankly, in America, for the first time in my life, I have started to see more evident than ever, and I'm sure it was there, I just never noticed it, but our natural government becoming predatory like the wild beasts that human governments are picturized as in the scriptures compared to the government of the Lamb of God. And we see particularly for Christians and those who don't adapt this humanistic uh, woke cancel culture kind of thinking that the culture and the government, there are a, a, a massive amount 
of restrictions and regulations that have been sewn into the backside of our financial system and so many things that we're unaware of unless you specifically go and find the documents and read the documents. But our natural system of government is becoming predatory. It is turning, unfortunately, into a wild beast. May God give us revival and that seed, the leaven of righteousness that was sown in this nation in the beginning with our founding documents, with the Judeo-Christian ethic. May God give us grace and reviving of that once again. But in any case, this one, God's justice will prevail in all the world, righting every wrong and establishing an order that is without perversity as we see human governments go. It's Psalm 96 and 98, and it says he is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. Say judgment is glorious. It's glorious. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. And then the last one that I thought of is Jesus is Lord. <laughs> the resurrection is the thing that settles and demonstrates once and for all and gives us that witness in our heart at all times. Philippians 2, being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, say therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus Every knee will bow on earth and those under the earth, and every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. And that's actually a quote from Isaiah 45, where the Lord said, as I live, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. And he's alive. And as we apply it to ourselves then, I just want to say, especially on this Resurrection Sunday, that your future is secure. Don't ever be afraid of the days to come for your future individually that you have been bought with a price. Jesus didn't do, do this just for some drama or uh, they didn't matter. No. This is so, so very important. I know that I know that my future is secure and that I have eternal life, but I know you have eternal life. And I, I'm personally, I'm going to see, I know that I yeah. know that I'm going to see <laughs> my friends, yeah. my family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting Johnny Cook. Yes. How many of you knew Johnny Cook? Yeah. And he, he always put yeah. a smile on your face. Yeah. He had a smile, and he would put a smile on your face. And always, I would laugh. He would make me laugh. So I know that among many others, that he's going to be in, the, in that line waiting for me, saying, How, why, why did it take you so long, Pastor? Do you think he'll, think he'll still call you Pastor? I think so, maybe. Probably. Yeah, he's in the habit. <laughs> with eating. He'll probably salute you like he yeah. always did. Yeah. So say Jesus was born, he died, he was buried, he was, buried. He was raised, raised. He, appeared. he appeared, he ascended, he is reigning, he is coming. I am accepted, have all the power I need, death and sin are conquered, 
I will be resurrected. I will receive a new body. I will resume my relationships. I'm commissioned to tell others. God's justice will prevail. And Jesus is Lord all because of the resurrection. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. He is risen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise God. It's so good we could be together. So good to see you, each of one of you. I'm so glad you came. We could celebrate the resurrection of Christ on Easter Sunday. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand up? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Raise your hands. Father, thank you. Say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. That you have taken all my sins. That you have taken all my sins. That I am forgiven. That I am forgiven. I have new life. I'm born again, I'm born again. In, Jesus Christ. in Jesus Christ. My life, my life has, a has a purpose. My future, my future in, Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ is secure. Is secure. I'm, walking I'm walking in the blessings, in the blessings of, Abraham. of Abraham. Me and my family, and my family are, covered are covered through the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. We, are we are protected. We are blessed. I am, victorious I am victorious through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. I, give him thanks. I give him thanks. Hallelujah. Give him a big clap offer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And uh, the baskets are still here if you didn't get a chance to. So you can. But if you have a prayer need, I'm going to ask my prayer warriors who designated to help just come and stand here and if you need uh, Holy Spirit baptism, yes. if you need new life in Christ, if you want to be yes. born again and give your life to Jesus, come on up. Uh, there are some who need to make a decision. If you've never been baptized, really baptized in water, come on up, make a decision, and we'll make the appointment. But uh, let tell someone up here that, I've made a decision. I need to get baptized. You want to follow Jesus. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's important that you get prayed for for that. And uh, If you need any kind of touch of healing or for any kind of relief from any kind of emotional or mental distress or oppression, sleeping problems, disorders, financial Yeah, someone has crisis. been bothered by sleep apnea. And the Lord take care of that. We believe in the laying on of hands. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And for all of the young ones and maybe even some of the young at heart, in about 10 minutes, we will begin an Easter egg hunt on the mall. So, yeah. Where is the mall? Right outside the front door. Okay. I mean, I don't want them to go on to Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I just, yes, you know, our mall. There's a mall for this mall shopping here. Centers. That walkway that goes from the front of the church to the parking lot. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> Thank you that. for clarifying that. 
Amen. Glory to God.